And now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out with myself, Andy Shilton. And me, Steffi Barnett. Coming up on today's show, Trans Rice. Uh, Steph reports from uh, the anti-conversion therapy protest uh, that took place at the weekend. Um, and hating Peter Tatchell. And we talked to Peter himself about the films that aren't... The films that is, uh, that is now out on Netflix. <laughs> All today with me and Steph here on Shout Out. Oh, I thought you were going to... Sorry, I did a Mexican wave by myself because <laughs> I'm that kind of loner. So, Steph, what's happened to you? Brazilian um, well, accent. It's yeah, I mean, she, I just thought after some time I should release <laughs> m- my full potential, my full radio voice, my plummy lummy. I no longer thought I should, um, you know, be putting on that, that very fake Bristolian accent that you've heard um, all these years. I didn't want to fake it anymore. Uh, fake it till you make it. I've made it. I just love the fact I asked Terry about how you read the news. He said in Queen's English. I thought that was rather fitting for a KU radio show. <laughs> Quite so. Quite so. <laughs> Do you speak like a Queen, Matthew? <laughs> Occasionally. <laughs> has been known <laughs> now obviously this this is Ezra Peregrine yeah. um, I don't want the listeners to be confused for the entirety of the show I mean let's, let's face it you, you can't really miss Steph no you know? I, I mean, mean even she, on radio she's on radio she she's on radio more than she's not you know I mean <laughs> but also Steph is unique yes there is that. I am so unique. Oh my, oh my goodness, you're here in the studio. I know. I was going to mess around and say there's a switch on the side of my neck that you switch over and I sound like <laughs> you do. And then when I'm about to go on air, I flick it and sound Bristolium and deep voice. I mean, your oh top dear. is as subtle as you are. Almost in the first time presenting with me, and you're already degrading it. <laughs> is it the first? No, time? it's not. No, you've been. No, it's not. I think it's, it's I been think a long time. It's been a very long yeah. time. Like two months. Yeah. yeah, it's not very often. Me and Matthew are on air together either, actually, because like no, we very rarely are allowed to be seen in the same room together. You see, yeah. that's, that's really well, I try and keep you apart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to hang hang around um, because uh, we've got a really packed show. I did just want to mention Ida Hobbit. In the, in the like ten seconds we got coming up, mm. yes, um, yeah. no, it was on, it was on Tuesday, was Tuesday, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, the week of Ida Hobbit, yeah. indeed. The week yeah. of the week, yeah, yeah, you know, a week. You know, we're, we're, yeah. every gay I know has a week's birthday, so <laughs> I have at least two. Yeah. <laughs> and we got Harvey Milk Day coming up, as yeah, well. yeah, that's this weekend, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What does Ida Hobbit stand for, Steph, Terry, Matthew? International Day Against Homophobia and Transphobia. Biphobia. Biphobia. Don't forget the biphobia. Goodness me. Oops. Just got a slap from Matthew. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't hear hear that. He covered his mic. (laughs) Anyway, um, well, we're going to be talking about a few things today. We're going to be um, catching up with Peter Tatchell later in a a very good interview. It's lovely to talk to him. Um, We did that a a day or two ago. Um, But before that, coming up, um, Steph went off to... Did she go with you, by the way? Did you go as well? We did, yes. Um, So, um, we're going to be catching about what happened at the weekend mm-hmm. with the um, um, conversion therapy yeah, and um, anti-conversion therapy yeah, protest. Pride, trans pride protest yeah, so, right stick with us back in a minute shout out LGBT radio for you
the Shout Out Podcast. That's uh, all about the bass. And that's some um, postmodern jukebox. That Did one. you say all about the lace? All about the bass. Oh, sorry. Honestly, your mind's the mind doth wonder. Tonight, I know. <laughs> I was thinking I really like lace. How much could one sing about it in a song? Probably. Well, wearing it. I just think. I'd notice that. Uh, well, I could have it on underneath. You come back with a version that's rewritten all about the lace. All about the lace. <laughs> well, I was a haberdasherer for oh, many a year. That's I word did of deal the month. in lace. Mm. Haberdashery. That's how rock and roll I was as a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> all about the <laughs> And you all about my cotton wool yarn and uh, lace. Anyway, yeah. uh, at the weekend, uh, you two um, got up to something, didn't you? Do you wanna- we went to a Pride yeah, protest. Uh, well, it was organised by Trans Pride Southwest, CAS. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, we interviewed. I think uh, we had it on the show, haven't we? Yeah, we yeah. interviewed um, a few of the people that were there. Mm. And also, then there was an impromptu march that wasn't meant to happen. Oh. Well, but there was a lot of emotion around, mm. and about 100 people just left College Green and marched out onto the bottom of Park Street and headed to the horse fair. It was very powerful. Um, because I've got little legs, um, I'm basically Frodo to your gandal. Um, I was running behind uh, um, what I thought was a speedy pace, but I ended up at the back of the march, and Steph ended up at the front of the march. Well, I had to catch um, up, because I wanted yeah. to interview. I had some great reactions from the police. I put the microphone right in their faces, and it's like... Get away from me! I'm the police. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, we we should say that the the majority did speak very openly to you, didn't they? They did. There was the the police were so protective of the marchers. Yeah. It was good. So yeah. so over to the interview. Yes, I'm on College Green, um, Bristol, Transport Southwest, and one of the organisers, Kaz. Why are you here today, Kaz? Uh, we're here today to protest about the government's proposal to leave trans people out of the proposed ban on uh, conversion therapy. And uh, th- this is obviously important because trans people t- seem to have been left behind, don't they, with this legislation? Yes, you know, we believe that you know, trans people are equally subject, in fact more so, to conversion therapies than, uh, than sort of... Uh, the LG, as part of the LGBT plus community and we want them to be included in this legislation Now section 28 was quite important for, for gay men do you feel that this is a similar battle? I think it is a, a battle, there are many battles that uh, we are facing at the moment uh, but this is one where the LGBT plus community are, are as one uh, and there's a lot of solidarity from uh, Bristol Pride so we're really pleased about that and also Stonewall are very much uh, in support of, of this uh, including trans people in the conversion therapy ban. Thank you, Kaz. Thank you, Steph. Right, as Kaz mentioned, um, Darren is here. And nice shirt, Darren. Very trans pride. <laughs> it's inter- accidental trans pride, but I bought it because oh, really? it was. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, okay. Now, you're, you're always been a supporter of the tea and keeping that well within the LGB um, community. And you're here to show your support. Absolutely, yeah. It's so important that we are united as a community um, and that no one gets left behind. You know, we need to make sure that we all stand up and move, progress forward with all our human rights. And, yeah. Indeed. Thank you, Darren. Yeah, great to be here. Hi, Samantha. So we're here today at a, a trans protest, or a trans pride protest, for conversion therapy. Yep. And uh, you got up today and spoke beautifully. Um, I was very moved and one thing that you talked about was the petition uh, that you put out 
um, which has uh, got how many signatures? So it's currently got 144,427 signatures. So a couple. Just a couple? A yeah, couple. and what, what do you think those numbers indicate? Well, I think it shows the solidarity that people have behind trans people. I think when I started the petition, it came out of frustration. There was a frustration that trans people weren't being included in conversion therapy bans. Um, conversion therapy is probably the wrong word. Therapy is a healing word. It is not healing. It is destructive. It is an abusive practice. Um, but I was moved by... It got to 100,000 signatures in four days. Um, wow. That's There's a strength of feeling that shows the LGBT community is behind and stands in solidarity there with the trans community. And I think that's important to highlight, that we are doing this together. A ban for one should be a ban for all. And it, conversion therapy being abhorrent for one should mean it's abhorrent for all. Yeah, what you just said there actually is so true about using the word therapy. As a therapist and an LGBTQI plus therapist, I was moved to tears listening about people really explaining that that word should not be the word that comes after conversion. There is nothing therapeutic about it. There is nothing soothing about it. There is no um, empathic guidance. Um, but I would also like to talk to you about the response that you got um, from your petition, if that's OK. So the government basically said... Conversion therapy practices do not work and can cause long-term harm. We are committed to banning these abhorrent practices. However, they then go on and say there are different considerations when it comes to transgender conversion therapy. There are no different considerations when it comes to transgender conversion therapy. Conversion practices start with the mindset of an already predicated outcome. They They don't allow for free exploration therapy should allow for free exploration it should be a non-judgmental space what happens when it's conversion practices is the practitioner has an intended outcome they have an intended outcome of your cis or your straight Um, it is the same whether it's trans or it's the same whether it's gay it's the same whether it's you're a bi person it's forcing you into a, a role the big issue with not banning trans conversion therapy is not banning it on the gender identity or gender expression leaves also a big loophole for gay people, mm-hmm. for LGB people. Because what a therapist, what a conversion practitioner can then say is, I'm not practicing conversion therapy on sexuality. I'm saying that, for example, being attracted to women is a manly activity mm-hmm. and we're trying to change that gender expression. Or... As a lesbian, you should look feminine and push you to change your stereotypical sort of... Butch is bad. Again, with gay people, um, it's very much on this is how you should live your life because a lot of the time what we've found is they know changing someone's sexuality doesn't work, so they try and change the way you live instead. And it's much easier to go, these are the expectations we should put on you, you should dress like this, you should do this, these are the pursuits you should have, these are the people you should um, associate with, associating with the other people are bad. And all of that falls into this loophole. And that means that without a ban on conversion therapy for gender identity, 
gender expression and sexuality, absolutely no one is protected because the loopholes are bigger than the ban itself. I just want to also say that at the moment we don't know where this ban sits on asexual people and we also don't know where this ban sits on intersex people. Absolutely. We know that intersex gender mutilation still happens in the UK. We know that you are more likely to go through conversion practices if you're ace and the fact that the government have been completely silent on these is a worrying-ish topic. It's not just trans people that are left out of this ban. There are a lot of people and a lot of types of conversion therapy that are left out or or loopholed. Absolutely. Yeah, that's very, very true. And I think it's so important to think about those people as well that haven't been talked about um, sort of openly in Parliament um, because that silence in in itself is scary. So I think it's definitely something that we need to be aware of. That silence is deafening. Yes, it is. It is. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Can you tell me, were you expecting this? We don't know what they're doing or where they're going. Were you expecting this? Sorry, that's the, the police not commenting on uh, on this march. Uh, I guess there's probably about 100. And uh, walking down the one-way system, at, we're actually at the station now. Um, all the traffic has come to a halt. Um, there's two police horses and about half a dozen police. Danger we've got now, we're about to go on to the horse fair. Um, this is a spur of the moment thing. There's a lot of uh, frustrated drivers out there. Right, now it's going to start getting a little bit dangerous, I think. It's about 100 protesters heading to uh, the horse fair now. Um, the police are so far letting it, letting it continue. Shout out radio! Was there a plan for this? No, I don't think there is any plan. I think we we sparked out nothing because we're just so sick after all. Fan conversion therapy! I don't understand why it still exists. Indeed. Um, it's nice to see the police protecting you. Yes, yeah, that's, that's quite nice. Yeah, yeah, now blocking traffic on a main thoroughfare in Bristol. Mm-hmm. Are you okay with this? Uh, I'm a little nervous. I think anyone would be, but uh, it's the only way to shine some light on what's actually happening. Uh, I don't even understand why trans people have been excluded from this ban on conversion therapy. It's archaic, it's torture. It just needs a coffee. Oh. So the traffic's come to a complete standstill around horse fair now, which I guess is what you've been aiming for. Uh, I, I didn't really have any aim. I think the only aim I have is to get this message out. And I don't think people really realise what's happening. People don't realise that conversion therapy is still a thing. Thank you. Hi. BCFM Radio. Um, is no this comment, unexpected? Mate. No comment, mate. Okay. It's very, very difficult for the police at the moment because the march is moving in different directions. But as the police have said, they're trying to keep everyone as safe as possible. Conversion therapy! Conversion therapy! Conversion therapy! Conversion therapy!
right, the horse fair is starting to move around. There's an ambulance coming through, which is making this very hazardous. What is um, quite dangerous is the fact that the, uh, the, the traffic is trying to move around, around us. Because this wasn't announced, um, the police have no idea where, where they're going. Um, and they do keep crossing the road from one side to the other. A lot of emotion here today for, for really good reasons. Shout out LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. I love the PMG J one. I said G there. I love PMG and J, and I really loved mm. that mix. Or is it a mix? Post-modern, or is it a... postmodern G one. No, they take they take songs and they they remix them into that kind of style. Yeah, so. really that's obviously good. blurred lines. That one by Robin Thicke originally. Yeah, originally. Yeah, yeah. really good song. Yeah, it yeah. is a really good song. Anyway, but yeah. I, I actually prefer this. Yeah, Sorry, it's really Robin, cool. if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> love you anyway. So anyway, I was I was going to make some reference to. Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, accents and the like but I won't the boys are here with news so I'll, I'll get told off saying boy and all this This is Shout Out News on Thursday the 19th of May. It's the announcement that many people have been waiting many years for. A professional football player in the men's leagues here in the UK has formally come out as gay. Jake Daniels plays for Blackpool FC and has been inundated with messages of love and support from football fans and from the LGBTQIA plus communities since he formally came out to the world on Tuesday evening. BBC Radio Sports Channel Radio 5 broke the news at around 5.30 that afternoon. However, LGBTQ plus community newswire Pink News reminded readers that the women's game is already leagues ahead of the men's as there are many out lesbian and bisexual women in the beautiful game. Nevertheless, Jake's announcement is a watershed moment for UK football. Justin Fashionu, who was the first men's league player to come out back in 1990, he was a brilliant player and the first black footballer to command a transfer fee of a million pounds. But he was subject to homophobia and racism and tragically took his own life in 1998. Times have changed and overall the response to Jake Daniels coming out has been overwhelmingly positive. Our colleagues at Transradio UK spoke for many in the week when they issued a statement following the Queen's speech, a tradition which outlines the legislative programme of government for the coming parliamentary session. As expected, transgender, intersex and non-binary people are being excluded from the proposed ban on conversion <coughs> pseudotherapies. But also the ban stops short of fully protecting lesbian, gay, bisexual and queer adults from being coerced into undergoing damaging treatments. Transradio UK knows noted conversion therapy is well documented to not only be unsuccessful but also leaves the victim of it with a lifetime of suffering either physically mentally or both the lobby group stonewall added for the second year the queen's speech has promised to ban conversion therapy but today it made explicit that trans conversion practices will not be included and adults will be able to consent 
This pared-down bill will end up protecting nobody unless we act now. And they are encouraging supporters and allies to email their MP. Sunday the 22nd of May is World Goth Day. This date was chosen to coincide with a 2009 subcultural day held on the BBC's alternative music channel Radio 6 Music. And Goth Day is a chance for the culture of goth to be celebrated. Gothic music and its associated subculture developed out of the punk and new wave explosion of independent music and magazines at the end of the 70s. Goth is broadly welcoming of all comers, women, LGBTQIA plus people, people with disabilities and neurodiverse people are all explicitly welcome in the vast majority of goth clubs. And in many smaller towns, goth clubs also welcome punks, heavy metalers, gay and trans people, amongst many others. In many repressive regimes, goths are treated as subversive by the state, and so World Goth Day is also a time to express joy in subcultural freedom and to advocate for equality and diversity. For ideas on what you can do to mark Goth Day, visit all the W's worldgothday.com. Billie Eilish, Phoebe Bridges, Halsey and Megan Thee Stallion have signed a letter denouncing the US Supreme Court's leaked draft opinion which threatened the possible overturn of Roe v. Wade, the 1973 ruling in the Supreme Court which guaranteed the right to choose across the states. The New Musical Express says that the four artists are among 150 musicians, cultural and political figures who have signed a letter published in the New York Times and organised by the Reproductive Choice Organisation planned parenthood in defiant mood the signatories say we are artists creators storytellers we are the new generation stepping into our power now we are being robbed of our power we will not go back and we will not back down the left-wing weekly Socialist Worker reports that teaching staff at John Fisher School in Purley, South London, have taken strike action after the Catholic Archdiocese that controls the school cancelled a visit by the gay author Simon James Green, an event that has been widely reported in LGBTQIA plus media. The teaching staff are fighting for the governors to be reinstated after they were sacked by the Archdiocese for protesting against the decision. Variety magazine says that screen legend Kevin Bacon will star in a new horror movie based in the world of anti-gay and anti-trans religious conversion groups called They, Them. The movie is a directorial debut for John Logan, who penned the screenplay for blockbusters including Gladiator and The Aviator. Kevin Bacon takes the role of the evil anti-gay leader of the fundamentalist cult behind the camp. However, the young LGBTQIA plus people forced to endure the psychological trauma of the conversion group form a bond and begin to resist the camp's religious programming and their friendship is put to the test as a killer goes on the rampage forcing them to fight for their lives they them has been germinating within me for my whole life logan told variety i've loved horror movies as long as i can remember i think because monsters represent the other and as a gay kid i felt a powerful sense of kinship with those characters who were different outlawed or forbidden and finally, in news for all fans of science fiction, acclaimed trans actress Yasmin Finney has been announced as joining the cast of the new and revamped Doctor Who, which will experience a 60th anniversary relaunch in 2013 under the returning showrunner, the gay screenwriter and novelist Russell T Davis. Finney is known to many people from the gay-themed romantic comedy Heartstopper. She said, If anyone could have told the eight-year-old Yasmin that one day she'd be part of this iconic show, I would never in a million years have believed them.
The media website Digital Spy added that several previous stars of the long-running sci-fi show are to return for the anniversary year, including the tenth incarnation of the Doctor, played by the very gay-friendly David Tennant. For these news stories and more, we update our website every day. Please visit shoutoutradio.lgbt. For shoutout news, this has been Terry Starr and Matthew Tosh. Shoutout news, national and international LGBT news for you. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Well, I don't think our next guest needs any introduction at all. Um, Peter Tatchell, welcome to Shout Out. It's delightful to join you. Now, a great title for a film documentary, um, Hating Peter Tatchell. How did that come about, Peter? Well, when the director, Christopher Amos, came up with the idea of making a documentary about my life, and this is the first one that's ever been made, he did a lot of research and he was astonished at the scale of vitriol and hatred against me. Um, you know, I've stirred up a lot of hostility because I've taken a very strong stand for LGBT plus rights which is riled homophobes, biphobes and transphobes. Um, and my other campaigns also, you know, against the Zimbabwean dictator Robert Mugabe or, um, and so on, those also have, have generated a lot of backlash from people who bend injustice and prejudice. So um, that's how the title Hating Peter Tatchell came about. And um, he managed with the support of um, David Furnish and Elton John as executive producers, to get the film put on Netflix, uh, where it is still streaming today. I, I have to say, fascinating to watch. Um, I, I don't quite know how they managed to condense everything you've done down into it. I'm sure they easily could have run for twice as long if they tried to include everything. Um, but, I mean, I'm assuming you've obviously watched it back. Do you feel it's a good representation of the things you've done? Well, it's only a snapshot. Yeah. Um I've been involved in literally thousands of LGBT plus and other human rights campaigns over the last 55 years since I began in 1967. Um, what this Netflix documentary does is just pick out about 15 particular campaigns and talk about them. But it's a good flavor of who I am and what I'm about. And But I did collaborate because I wanted to show people that social change is possible and through my campaigning suggest ways in which other people could do social change as well so i really do hope it will inspire a new generation of change makers one of the things that struck out to me because i am the generation that grew up with section 28 in force which is covered in the the film and i remember at the age of 18 19 having no idea that some of the things i was doing like holding a man's hand in the center of town was illegal because i wasn't allowed to be told it at school and the like and the first thing i thought having watched it there was two things it was very nice seeing a very different side to you. And all the times I've ever interviewed you, it's been about a specific thing and the like. Um, and it's been very kind of, um, you know, you're there because you're campaigning and you're talking to us about it with that kind of passion in it. Whereas watching the film, we kind of see you as you and the kind of drive behind that passion and the like, which is really nice to see a very different side of you. But I also thought it was really good that, 
there's an element of the history of it because we do talk to the younger generations who still know that the fight's ongoing and the like, but don't always necessarily know how the fight got to where it is now and and the like. And there was even talking about, you know, should we tolerate home um, homosexuality in it? Well, of course, we wouldn't dare say that these days. It's now we should be accepted and the like. Um, uh, have you had any of the younger generations watch it and comment on it to you at all? Yeah, there's been lots of really positive feedback from younger people as well as older ones. The younger generation, their universal response was, I never knew that. Yeah, um, I can believe that. <laughs> lots of the campaigns that I've been involved in in the past, they had no idea about. But I think it also has fired up some younger people to think that, well, if Peter Tatcher can do it, why can't I? Because you, you talked about it in one part of the film, there was a bit about the posters that um, you took. I forget where it was you took them to now, but they ended up, you said that they went everywhere and people were reading them for years afterwards and the like. Obviously, this day and age, we now have the internet. Do, do you think that has changed the way information gets out and how people can research what's right and wrong? Do, do you think when that came about, it had a positive effect on um, the whole fight for equality? Yeah, the incident you refer to was when I went to what was then communist East Germany and smuggled in LGBT plus rights leaflets, which, as you just mentioned, were circulated underground for years afterwards, not only in East Germany, but they also got sent off to other parts of the old Soviet empire. Certainly, today's social media makes it much easier to campaign. Back then, everything was by telephone trees. You know, you'd phone five friends, they'd phone five friends, they'd phone five friends and so on. Uh, or by leaflets, you know, standing in a shopping center or going to a meeting and handing out leaflets. With social media, it is such a boon. It is so easy at the click of a button. You can send notifications about a protest to literally thousands or tens of thousands of people. Uh, unfortunately as we know and it's even uh, it's one of the last screens in the film i mean it's still illegal to be gay in a lot of countries um and uh, of course um um there's lots of things still even in our own commonwealth um with homophobia isn't there that's right of the 54 member states of the commonwealth 35 still criminalize same-sex relations with penalties ranging from you know about 10 years in jail right up to life imprisonment and in one commonwealth country uh, northern nigeria um, in northern nigeria um, there is the death penalty for same-sex relations under sharia law so the commonwealth is a huge disgrace you know they have a charter which proclaims equal citizenship and equal rights for all commonwealth citizens yet they are in nearly 70% of Commonwealth countries criminalising same-sex relations. Where, where, where do you first start tackling a problem like that? Well, I guess the first starting place is to support and amplify the voices of campaigners in Commonwealth countries who are fighting to overturn the ban on same-sex relations. Um, they are in the front line. They know their countries best we should be seeking to give them a platform. Um, and of course, wherever possible to help fund them, to help give them financial support so they can carry on their own campaigning. Um, but beyond that, certainly we do need to get our members of parliament to put pressure on the Secretary General of the Commonwealth, Baroness Scotland, to speak out. 
because she is mostly silent. You know, Peter, um, going on to London Pride, um, a bit of a mess this year. Um, are you involved with the with the march that's going to be taking place? I will be attending the march on the 2nd of July, despite my misgivings over the way in which the event is being run. I think it's really appalling that only 30,000 people are allowed to march and that every year thousands of LGBTs and straight friends and allies are turned away. That is so, so wrong. Pride was always supposed to be open for all. And I was one of the organizers of the first Pride in Britain in 1972. This year is the 50th anniversary. So I think it's very important that veterans like myself are in the parade, leading the parade. Um, but we do have criticisms of the way Pride is organized and just think that it needs a complete overhaul. It's, it's become far too commercialized and corporate, being depoliticized. We need to get back to the roots of Pride, which is both a celebration, a celebration of our lives and culture, but also a protest uh, for our human rights. Where did that limit come from, Peter, the limit of 30,000? Who, who came to that decision? Was that the police and the mayor? Apparently, it was Westminster City Council, who claim they are LGBT plus friendly, who fly the rainbow flag, yet impose these draconian restrictions. You know, there are not the same restrictions on the St. Patrick's Day Parade or the Notting Hill Carnival. You know, Notting Hill Carnival has... I think a, a million people uh, on the streets uh, and huge road closures. They allow that, but they won't when it comes to pride. And, you know, the potential for pride is much, much greater. In the late 1990s, there were about 100,000 people on the pride parade. It took five or six hours to pass a single point. And at the post parade festival on Clapham Common, there were 300,000 people. That shows the potential of what Pride could be. And I think this artificial restriction and the way in which Pride in London has bowed to the pressure and demands of Westminster City Council, uh, I think it's, that's pretty appalling. Yeah. Did um, Westminster City Council comment on it at all? Have they given any reason as to why? They say that we can't allow the disruption of the city. Right, they, they can for it, some. They can for the, the big carnivals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can for the big carnivals. But it, 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 they're they are purely driven by business interests. They're there to you know, you know, maintain the ability of businesses in the rest of London to do their business and make as much money as possible. So it's driven by profits. And Westminster City Council, um, having been until just the recent elections a Tory-controlled council has done the business of um, what the financial interests want. Um, I am hopeful that maybe the council, now that it's switched to Labour, might change its mind. But given the short time frame, I'm sort of doubtful. And it's the place where the first one was that you yeah. you, you helped organise. You'd have thought it would be the biggest and yeah. uh, on the forefront of the the, the fight. But um, um, I mean, I will say it was very nice to see some of the clips in the film. Um, just quickly taking it back to that, it, very different kind of time 
back then um, to what it is now. I mean, it was illegal to show any form of affection back then, wasn't it? Um, I mean, did, was there a lot of resistance 50 years ago? Did Were the police okay? Did, were they supportive? Was it a pride where you could be yourself outside or was it very much, uh, you know, we're just here making a statement that, you know, we're gay and proud, etc. Well, the first pride was quite small, about 700 people. Right. Um, at some points, there seemed to be almost one police officer for every marcher. There were times when the police were, were, were okay, but other times when they hemmed us in, you know, we stepped slightly out of line, they'd push us. Some officers used homophobic insults. You know, it, it was in an era when they'd only just, you know, what, five years earlier, been a partial limited decriminalization of male homosexuality. But most aspects of gay male life remain criminalized. Um, lesbian mothers have their children taken off them by the courts. Uh, and both uh, lesbian and gay couples could be arrested, as you say, for merely kissing or holding hands or showing affection in public. Well, we're still a long way, not only in this country, but around the world from total equality. I'd love to think we'll get there one day. I think realistically, we're always going to have to be champion the cause. Question is, how long are you going to be doing it for? Well, I'm 70 now. Uh, I was 70 in January. Um, I've been doing it for 55 years since 1967 when i was aged 15 and still at high school and i plan to carry on for another 25 years good that's um, nice to hear <laughs> health health willing you know i'm still gonna be at it you know you know i do want the work that i've done um continued by others when i'm gone and you know it's it's very important that we do maintain the fight and don't assume that the rights won will remain because we know that rights gained can be taken away as we're yes. seeing right now in the united states with the supreme court's bid to overturn um the decriminalization of abortion can i just say that um to your listeners if any of you are interested my foundation produces a weekly um bulletin on lgbt plus and other human rights issues um most of them quite serious but we always put in a funny quirky one to give you a laugh um if you'd like to receive that please go to my foundation's website, which is petertatchelfoundation.org. Uh, go to the top right-hand corner of the homepage and you'll see a button which says, join us. If you give us your email address there, we will send you the weekly bulletin, which comes out every Thursday. So it's totally free. There's no charge. We'd love to have you as part of our little human rights community. Cool. Well, listen, we'll also we'll make sure we put the link up on the website um, as well so that um, if you're walking around listening to us on a podcast, um, it'll be there as well so that you can find it. Um, the documentary is out now um, on Netflix. If you search for, um, it sounds horrible saying it, hating Peter Tatchell, <laughs> um, but that's the name of it. Um, it is really, really worth a watch. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy watching it. And it, I will, won't lie, it's a little bit of a tearjerker um, in, in points as well. But um, it's a really good snapshot of um, some of the things in history too, so that you're especially not aware of them or you're thinking of championing causes, go watch it. Um, Peter, thank you so much for joining us. As always, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, I'm sure we will talk to you again um, in the future um, and long may you carry on campaigning for many years yet well thank you and uh, best wishes to you and all your listeners I'll just finish with my motto which is 
don't accept the world as it is, dream of what the world could be, and then help make it happen. Thank you so much. There you go, the lovely Peter Tatchell. For more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you. The Shoutout Podcast. We crave a different kind of buzz. I promise I won't pay, play PMJ for this few weeks. Oh, <laughs> I, was just I actually the wouldn't mind because them. there's hundreds yeah. of songs yeah. which you've just introduced That's a uh, royal. Um, yes. And that's actually sung with Puddle's p- Pity Party. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you almost said something. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, 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 now. <laughs> um, but it, he was on America's Got Talent, and he has his own show as well. I think I think like, the listeners really should look him up because he doesn't look how he sounds, does he? No, <laughs> not at all. No. <laughs> should we give it away? Or well, he's a cl- he's a clown. He is. Yeah, yeah. Oh. a very very good singer. And mm. An extremely good singer, yeah. 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 Um, there's loads of him on YouTube if you want to see uh, some of his performances. I so, will. Um, and his own actual like, stage show that he does, um, there are bits of that you can see on YouTube as well. Brilliant. Um, well worth a watch. Uh, I don't know, I think oh, so. Oh, hang on, America's Got Talent, he probably is. Possibly. Well, possibly. <laughs> not Although, always. No, not always, yeah. Well, you, do, you, you don't have to be in Europe to be in Eurovision now, do you? No, you can be in Australia. Yes, yes. <laughs> Australia. I've got to say, loved, loved his performance and loved the song really really Who, Australia yeah, absolutely right. loved it I won't yes. lie I loved it and I sat there biting my nails as we were coming first oh I know I was oh. like I can't believe it am I actually watching Eurovision we, we, we're normally like bottom on the right hand side man. <laughs> um, Graham Norton did say at one point this is not a sketch no I know. <laughs> student, we are actually in yeah. the lead his commentary was fantastic he <laughs> made me right. proper laugh out loud many yeah. many times and yeah. I don't know if anybody saw Sam Ryder comforting um, Germany the lead singer from the Germany entry I just oh. thought Lovely. I just thought yeah. in all of the interview bits that they did with him, he just came across as a lovely, genuinely and when nice. He said, I, I, lo- I love you, yeah. Grandma, Granddad, Mum, and Dad. And I thought, <laughs> oh, that is just adorable. So, but I, think- I mean, I've got friends that went over there, and they, they were saying, you know, unlike previous times when they'd gone to Eurovision, where everyone was like, oh, UK, bleh. yeah, you know, sure. they, they were getting like in taxis at the airport to go to their hotels, and they were like, oh, UK, you're going to win, you're going to win this year. Very and they were like, song, oh, wow, and. Um, uh, of course, in any normal year, we would have won, I think, quite clearly. But well, it was, it was there was a, a bit of controversy, wasn't the, there? Was there? Yes, there's been Ooh. a lot of controversy come out this week because um, some of the judging was thought, you know, the, you know, the first round is like the judges and it then is, you get the yeah, public yeah. vote. Um, if, do you remember some of them were read out by the, the head of Eurovision? Yes, yeah. because they could the get country. the link. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's been revealed that that was because they thought that those countries were fiddling the votes. Ooh. So oh. they did it a different way and we might have actually come third um, I, that's the Spain. only headline I saw and I was like, I actually right. saw it today and I was yeah. I've not read into it because so, um, it's wow. alleged I should say it's yes. being investigated um, well, you but can't that's have fraud at Eurovision my gosh no. whatever next <laughs> Donald Trump through. will be elected to President of the United States. <laughs> the Dreadful. gays will be up in arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was one. I mean, and Cheryl Baker, the lovely Cheryl Baker that Steph and I have met at Western Pride. You know, she won in 1981. But she said the world would be a better place if we were all like Eurovision. Oh, I yeah. completely yes, yeah. agree. So, 
Uh, anyway, that's it for this week's show. Uh, a reminder, it is the Southwest Fetish Weekend this weekend. Um, details, um, you can find out from last week's show, actually, because we interviewed them. Uh, so go check that one out. Indeed. And head over to our home at shoutoutradio.lgbt, where you can contact us, find out more about us, and grab podcasts from loads of our previous shows. Uh, next week, we're catching up with Saski. Well, it's about to in ages. Really? Yeah, lovely to hear from her. But from myself, from Steph, from Ez, from Matthew, from Andy, and from Terry. Say bye-bye, everyone. Oh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you.